Hello, Andrei Rabustowski. Hello. Um, last week you gave a really interesting talk about the research you did here in Karlsruhe during uh, the last years and which will probably also keep you busy for the next time. And um, for me, it was especially interesting to see how you apply homogenization techniques to something which is um, a well-fed field of research here in our house, which is uh, equations which um, model photonic crystals. So maybe a first question could be, just because I'm really curious about that, why do you think that uh, homogenization can help to understand the model uh, for the photonic crystals better? Or what kind of answers can there be hidden in um, trying to see them under the light of homogenization? Okay, so let me try to explain this concept uh, say in a few words. Uh, so, okay, so first of all, what, what is a mathematical problem that... Uh, I want to study, so suppose you have some periodic operators, periodic operators, they self-adjoint elliptic operators, they typically have a so-called band structure for the spectrum, so the spectrum is a union of locally finite union of some compact intervals, and uh, this intervals has, uh, so the, the points of this intervals are in the same time, there are eigenvalues of some uh, auxiliary uh, eigenvalue problem on a period cell for this operator. And the question which is uh, addressed, not only by me, but also by a lot of people, suppose you have some either concrete periodic differential operator, or you have a class of periodic differential operators, and you want to find some representative of in this class such that in the spectrum of this operator will be non-empty gaps. Yeah, what is the gap? Gap is what is in, in between the bands. So you have two bands. They could, uh, they can either overlap each other, otherwise you have a gap in the spectrum. So this is an open interval uh, line in between two bands. But in general, the presence of these gaps is not guaranteed. So they can be principally but not necessary for example if you take roughly speaking homogeneous media uh, which is mathematically uh, um, say which is mathematically described by the differential operator with constant coefficient then there will be no gaps and so the first problem is uh, as I say to construct some operators with, where the gaps will be non-empty so what people usually do to solve this problem? So the very maybe the most typical approach is the following. As I told, the points, uh, so the points uh, to, so, so that, that belonging to the spectral bands, these points are at the same time are the eigenvalues of some eigenvalue problem now on the period cell. So roughly speaking, to describe the spectrum on the whole space operator, you have to study the some additional operators on the period cell. This operator now has discrete spectrum, so the period cell is compact, so they are much simpler to study. So you study them and then uh, 
having the information about this uh, problems on the period cell, about the spectrum you then have uh, information about the spectrum of the whole space operator. So this is a typical approach to use the theory. This is a so-called Flocky block theory of reducing the problem on the whole space to a problem on a period cell. This is the first approach. The approach that I propose to use and actually actively use for my problems is to use the methods of the homogenization theory. So what is the homogenization theory? Is uh, okay. So uh, <laughs> that's a question yeah. we can't answer today. In a few words, many, yeah. many, many ways. Okay. In a few words, uh, I, I mean, uh, in a classical sense, which, uh, how the homogenization is understood by mathematician, we have some strongly inhomogeneous media, uh, which means mathematically that the physical that the parameters of the media. Uh, some highly oscillating functions, or the media have very complicated geometry, or it could be uh, so altogether. And then, of course, uh, there uh, in this media we want to study some physical process, which is described by several differential by some differential equations. Of course, uh, since the media is so complicated, it's, always, it's impossible to solve them analytically, and also. Mm, Okay, I'm not a big specialist in this, but I guess it's almost obvious that the numerical uh, schemes for such kind of media is very complicated because, okay, the mesh is very small and should take into account all this inhomogeneities, so it's quite a difficult task. On the other hand, it's quite natural to, uh, if our physical process, a characteristic length, for example, the wave uh, length or something like this, uh, they're much larger than the period of the media, then one can ask about the substitute to replace this strongly inhomogeneous media by some now homogeneous media with some effective characteristics such that this homogeneous media will share more or less the same properties as the inhomogeneous media, provided the period they say the characteristic period of our inhomogeneous media is very small. Okay, uh, this very shortly. Okay, now, uh, typically uh, people uh, in practice deal with periodic inhomogeneous medium, yes, when the structure is periodic, which means that you have, for example, PDs with periodic coefficients, and, uh, or, for example, uh, PDs posed in the media with periodic geometry. And this period is supposed to be small. So actually the homogenization, what does it mean, is the asymptotic analysis, what happens with the media when the period goes to zero. So we want to prove that then in the limit this medium behaves like a homogeneous medium. Okay, and uh, okay. now you see that there is one keyword that already appears, a periodic media. So this is good. This is what we want to study. We're actually interested in periodic media. And, uh, okay, and the, the natural question, why not to apply the methods of the homogenization theory to our problem of detecting of spectral gaps? So suppose we have some uh, family of uh, differential operators depending on a small parameter and the, say, uh, the meaning of this small parameter is exactly what I say there. For example, the period of the media or something in this period. And the size of this periodic yeah. cell. Yeah, the size of a period cell. Mm -hmm. And also, of course, this small parameter can be involved in the form of the, say, on the parameters of the, of the coefficients of the operator and so on. 
Okay, and then, uh, okay, so you have such a sequence of differential operators. And you want to prove uh, that, okay, now you look, uh, suppose that this operator post in the whole space. And you want to ask the question, can we say something about the gaps in the spectrum of these operators? And the idea is the following. Let's use the methods of the homogenization theory. Let us prove that when the period is small enough, actually converged to zero, then this inhomogeneous media can be substituted by a homogeneous one. Mathematically, it means that, for example, that our operators converge, say, in a suitable sense. Let me skip these details. Converge when the period goes to zero, converge to some operator. Now, uh, this operator describes the physical process in a homogeneous media, so which means that actually this operator has a constant coefficient. And when, if we prove that this limit operator has gaps, then it will mean, actually, that at least it will suggest that the gaps also will be in the spectrum of the prelimit operator. So what is the advantage of these methods? I mean, the methods of finding this homogeneous... So once again, maybe let me summarize because it was a, lo uh, a lot of uh, thoughts about this. So let me uh, uh, once again summarize what we want to do. So we have some inhomogeneous periodic media. We pass to the limit when the period size, uh, the, uh, the period cell size goes to zero. We obtain some, you know, some homogeneous media which is described by the corresponding operator. Second step, we prove that the spectrum of this operator has gaps. And third step, we conclude that then there will be gaps in the spectrum of the pre-limit operator. Okay, so what is the advantage of this method? So the first advantage is that uh, besides uh, the description of how the spectrum looks like, we also actually we find the limit operator. Yeah, because let me once again, recall uh, the classical approach to this problem based on the Floquet-Block theory. So you have a periodic operator, and to describe its spectrum, we study some eigenvalue problems on a period cell. Okay, we study the asymptotics of this corresponding eigenvalues, and then... Yeah, that's what we have to pay, that we kind of continue this periodic cell, just putting one periodic cell after one another in two or three space dimensions. Yeah, yeah, but actually, what is the, the, the main, uh, the main thing, the, 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 the main uh, a trick here? So you have now you reduce the problem to a period cell, one period cell, and you study with uh, some uh, auxiliary eigenvalue problems on a period cell, and you study how the eigenvalues of this um, are distributed. Uh, so yes. how they distributed mm. and so on. But okay, you studied how the eigenvalues distributed. Actually, you find some limit set to which the eigenvalues converge, but you do not assign to this limit set any operator. So, okay, you studied how this spectrum looks like in the limit, but you do not assign to this limit set any operator. And this disadvantage can be, uh, say, overcome uh, by a homogenization theory, because in the homogenization theory, you first find the limit operator, and then you study the spectral properties of this limited operator. Oh, good, good. We have a limit operator, and this limit operator has gaps. Okay, then we, we, can, have some we can get some information about uh, the spectrum of the pre-limit operators. Well, the classical approach uh, say nothing about this limit operator. They, it only say that the spectrum will be in this and this points, 
uh, but actually gives us no information about uh, the limit operator. And uh, this is bad because, uh, okay, uh, maybe instead of to study the spectral properties of the media, we our second st step would be to study, for example, uh, I don't know, for example, dynamics in this uh, media, which means that we have to study some evolutional equations. And mm, now, uh, how it develops in time, uh, yes. Yeah, and then, uh, and then now Flecke-Bloch's uh, theory plays no role here. Uh, while the homogenization theory, it's a powerful tool. You still can use it. This is the first advantage. The second advantage, and actually this was one of the questions about uh, the end of the talk. Okay, uh, actually in the practice we... Uh, we don't deal with the media which are unbounded in all directions. <laughs> Actually, we deal with some maybe very large but nevertheless finite samples of our media. And we wouldn't like to uh, to get the same results now for finite domains to, to, to have... Okay, d despite... Uh, so the spectrum now is discrete, but nevertheless would like to have the gaps... Uh, would like to give in some guaranteed position, positions and these gaps should be independent on the size and on the form of our sample of our materials. Okay, now since we are restricted to a bounded domain we cannot use the flow block theory it works only for unbounded domains uh, while the homogenization theory is very flexible. Actually the passage to, from bounded to uh, unbounded case is rather technical so you need some very technical Uh, things to do, but but principally you can do everything in bounded case, and then the the, uh, the extension to unbounded case is very simple, like technical. Okay, so this is a the second uh, advantage that uh, you can use these techniques also for uh, bounded domains, which is important for applications. So maybe if if to summarize, so once again, two advantages. So first. You have the information about the limit operator, not only about the how what is the limit, say limit position for the spectrum, but also which operator uh, corresponds to this limit set. And second, you can use these methods for bounded domains. Yes, uh, very often it's um, that we enter these uh, considerations for unbounded domains is also because we kind of do not really have enough information about boundary values or we think of them as being not the ones driving the process. So, for example, if you think you have um, a well um, drilling oil from somewhere, the thing which you can control is the pump. So you can speak about the pressure and the flux and everything. But if you want to prescribe the flow in your oil reservoir, you don't really know what are the boundary values on the boundary of that. And then one possibility is to think of this being like unbounded. So, and just then prescribing conditions to the solutions, which kind of take care that the solutions are non-zero only in a bounded part of the domain. And I think with this um, photonic crystals, that's not the same, but kind of an analog idea that you think, firstly, you would like to understand the thing like extended infinitely, um, not thinking about what's happening on the boundary, because this is even one step um, more difficult from the modeling point of view. 
but um, after having understood really what's happening and if everything's just kind of repeating itself in a periodic way, so kind of geometrically and also in the behavior, which is um, mirrored in your um, periodic operator working on the periodic um, geometry, then uh, this is kind of a first step then to consider afterwards. Just exactly. bounding everything to solutions which only work in a bounded part. Of yeah, it. but what is natural, at least uh, for me, uh, it seems that uh, homogenization problem in bounded domains usually much simpler than in unbounded. So uh, actually, if you want uh, to study the unbounded uh, situation, I would I would suggest to start uh, to start from the bounded, prescribing some say natural for such for some concrete problems some natural conditions on the boundary and then uh, to look what's going on with the spectrum so to find the limit operator to find its spectrum and then finally to look how the spectrum behave when you enlarge uh, the size of your domain when your domain uh, say go uh, converge to the entire space and it could happen that some characteristics of uh, the spectrum of the limit operator are stable uh, under such a, a change in of the size. For example, there's gaps. Yeah, so the spectrum could change somehow, but nevertheless, you always have some stable gaps that are independent of the size of your media. So this is how it works. Yes, and on the other hand, um, kind of going one step back or one step on top of everything, speaking on the meta level, homogenization, if you say that uh, you preserve main properties of the periodic uh, problem, so periodic means the periodic operator on the periodic domain, in something which is um, afterwards um, homogeneous. So, for example, if you would have a lot of holes, which kind of repeat themselves in your domain, and then afterwards uh, the holes went to zero, or kind of the influence of the holes went to zero, um, there's probably some information lost. Uh, okay, so uh, if we come back to the problem with holes, I cannot say that some information is lost. Uh, the only thing, uh, the thing is that uh, these holes, so this ge geometry, is now transferred to the change in, in, of your operator. For example, this is a very classical and very interesting result, I think. Maybe the most interesting in homogenization series. So, so suppose you have uh, the domain as a bounded and bounded, not so important, and you have a lot of holes uh, in this domain. Uh, for simplicity, I say periodically distributed, and the period... Uh, so I say the distance between the centers is small. Let's call them epsilon. And you want okay, and the radius of these holes are also small, uh, also small, at least smaller than epsilon. Okay, and you study, uh, for example, what you can study. For example, let's study the the Dirichlet Laplace in, in this media. For example, the Poisson equation uh, with the Dirichlet conditions and the boundary of these holes. So with zero Dirichlet yeah, with conditions? Zero, with zero, yeah, mm -hmm. with, say with homogeneous yeah. Dirichlet conditions. And then, okay, now we would like to study the situation when epsilon goes to zero, what happened? It means that we have more and more holes in our domain, and these holes are distributed more and more dense in our domain. And 
But the holes, of course, itself become smaller and smaller. And the question, could we substitute this in some reasonable way by some equation now in a homogeneous, say, in a domain without holes? And the answer is yes. And it turns out that actually there are three uh, possibilities possible. So if the holes are large enough, what I mean large, they are of order epsilon, so means of the same order as a period, and even could, they could be even smaller, uh, then the limit is just zero. So the solution of this Poisson equation converges to zero, which means that the holes dominate. This, uh, as you say, uh, the influence is not uh, a small node. In this case, not small, uh, quite large, and so large enough to, uh, to, to, to make the solution uh, go into zero. If the smalls are very small, let me now don't think too much what does it mean, very small. There is some critical size. And if the smalls are smaller than this critical size, uh, then in the limit we have uh, no, uh, say, no memory about this holes. So the limit, oper- uh, the limit equation is just the Poisson equation for, for the Laplace operator in this now domain without the holes. So we have nothing that... Uh, uh, remind us, uh, recall us about uh, the holes that were before the limit. But there is one uh, critical case. For example, in two-dimensional case, this, uh, this if I remember well, the holes should be exponentially small. Uh, that leads to very non- uh, very interesting effect. The limit equation will be, okay, if we, if we talk about some Kind of Poisson. So, if we start from the Poisson equation, then the limit of, uh, equation will be minus Laplace and plus non-zero potential is equal to some right-hand side. So, what does it mean that in the limit, the influence uh, these holes imply the appearance of the potential in the limit operator? So, instead of this, so you have some kind of transition geometrical uh, perturbation influence uh, uh, leads to the appearance of some additional term in your differential equation. Uh, I know that the people who uh, get this result, uh, they call them uh, this term that appears, this potential, they call them strange term, because that times uh, the appearance of this term was in contrary uh, with, say, with their how to say, traditional views on the homogenization. It was a bit strong. They believe that what can happen, for example, your differential operator, instead of Laplace, you will get some more complicated elliptic operator, operator, but not some additional terms of lower order. This was uh, very surprising for them, so they call it strange term. Now, more or less, people understand what is the nature of this, mathematical nature of this, uh, of the appearance of this potential. So now people more or less understand what is behind this process. Yes. So when you um, use for the homogenization that you really understand very well what's happening in the periodic cell, what kind of mathematical tools can you use in order to transfer the information on the periodic cell to the unbounded domain? Full of periodic cells. No, actually, uh, I, so I cannot say that my uh, say my approach is very standard. I believe that there, could, this is, so there exists more, maybe more 
more simple approach. So what I do, actually, it's a look a bit funny. I told that I will not use the flock and block theory. It's not true completely. Nevertheless, I will use it a little bit, not uh, in all the so only some features. So what I do, so my media is uh, have a very small period, say uh, epsilon, yeah. But okay, if your media is epsilon periodic. It means that your media is also two epsilon periodic, uh, and three epsilon periodic, and m epsilon periodic, where m is the integer number. In particular, if your epsilon, uh, actually one over epsilon, is a natural number, uh, then the unit cube uh, will be a period cell uh, for your media. So, of course, not the smallest, but nevertheless, will be a period cell. Okay, so the, the, the approach is, a, is as follows. We take a unit uh, cube, which is a fixed cube, and now uh, perform a Floquet-Bloch decomposition with respect to this uh, cube, and then make the whole analysis uh, in this unit cube. Uh, okay, so, uh, okay, let me stress that. Okay, I make some Floquet-Bloch decomposition, now reduce my problem to the unit cube, but still, my media is very highly inhomogeneous because the the smallest period of the media epsilon is still much smaller than one, yeah, so of the size of this period. So, but the idea that I use is uh, is exactly this one. So to reduce the problem to the unit cube, which is always possible if your epsilon, uh, if one over epsilon is a natural number. Uh, okay, and then analyze everything on this period cell, and then using the Floquet block to, uh, theory to come back. So this is uh, the, more or less the idea. Yes. Of course, if you're working with uh, a number epsilon as being a small number, very often you make, try to make order between different types of terms by collecting the ones with the order epsilon, then the ones with the order epsilon squared and so on, and kind of deciding at a certain point that there is a certain order like epsilon to the third or to the fourth, which is too small uh, to be considered. Is there anything like that in your approach? Uh, no, actually, uh, maybe a kind of... So the idea... Uh, okay, so the homogenization, uh, the homogenization theory uh, for the moment has a, a lot of methods. Yeah, one that's of, good. One <laughs> of them... Uh, yeah, and so it's good. That but it can, can also be a bit... We can um, use uh, uh, a lot of tools... Mm -hmm independently on our mathematical tests and also on the problem that we have. And one of the approaches is exactly what you say. So uh, the idea is uh, to plug the so-called uh, two-scale ansatz uh, for the solution of your problem that you studied. Okay, let's let forget for a moment that we have a spectral problem. Let's forget that we have some boundary value problem uh, with this in such an inhomogeneous media. And the idea is to search the solution for this problem uh, in the form of a series, a so-called two-scale ansatz. Uh, this is, okay, I can say uh, um, how it looks like. So it, it, the, the series of the terms of the form like uh, u0 of xy uh, plus uh, epsilon of uh, u1 of x and y plus epsilon square, a u2 of x and y 
and so on, where x uh, is actually your variable, and this theory is called the slow variable, and y is the so-called fast variable, and actually what is y? y it's x over epsilon. So in my uh, ansatz, I have to plug uh, y is equal to x over epsilon. So such kind of an ansatz, you plug into your equation, and then exactly you do exactly uh, the, the people do what you said so you group the terms with the same powers of epsilon and then you get some uh, series of equation corresponding to the same powers of epsilon and then they analyze this equation trying somehow to reduce this to one of them for the leading terms of this asymptotics and okay and if they want of course they also get some information about the subsequent terms of the asymptotics but Actually, this is the idea, but this is not the only idea. And actually, this method, nevertheless, is uh, nevertheless it's formal methods. Okay, uh, so you get some uh, homogeneous equation, but you have to justify it. And to do this, there exists a lot of another methods. One of them is the method that I use. It's the so-called testosterone function, which was proposed, if I remember well, by uh, Luc Tartar and Francois Murat. Uh, in the end of 70s. Uh, so the idea is to pl- uh, so to write for your um, boundary value problem to write the weak formulation, so corresponding integral identity. And, okay, this identity involves some, uh, t- uh, some test functions, as usual. And so the idea is to plug a specially chosen test function, which also depends on uh, the parameter epsilon, and uh, and then to plug to pass to the limit when epsilon goes to zero, hoping to arrive at the weak formulation for your limit problem, homogenized problem. The idea how to choose uh, this uh, test function is based on the first step. Uh, and the first step, let me recall that we write some formal ansatz for your solution, pass to the limit, and. Uh, find how the uh, leading term for this ansatz and the rest of them, how they look like. So the construction of the test function based on this pre, uh, pre-knowledge, say. So using this knowledge, we now guess how to construct a test function. And this approach, more or less this approach may be a bit modified, I use uh, in my analysis. But there was also another, uh, a lot of another methods, for example, the so-called two-scale convergence by... Um, Developed by Nguyen-Seng and, uh, and Aller in the beginning of the 90s. There is the gamma convergence, so this is more variational approach. Uh, this is a recent method um, to, developed by Fran- uh, French mathematicians, uh, Cerenescu, Damlamian, and uh, Grisot. This is so called unfolding uh, methods, and so on. So you have a lot of things. A lot yes. of things and yeah. very g- good box with these tools. Yeah. Of course, the idea behind this uh, slow and fast variables is the hope that you can untangle this connection between what's really uh, inherent to the periodicity and what's inherent to this infinite structure. And if you have the right idea how to make the right ansatz, then at least on a formal level, you can go through with that. And as you told, then afterwards you have to prove uh, kind of error estimates that this is really uh, a, something which fits into the mathematical frame yeah. of spaces. This is, this is, uh, so this error estimates may be the most complicated um, 
task in the homogenization theory. In particular, if we talk the, about the convergence of eigenvalues, because usually the convergence of eigenvalues, if you want to estimate the rate of this convergence, uh, typically what you need, you need uh, uh, so-called strong resolvent convergence of your operators. So the, the classical results in homogenization are obtained for the so-called, uh, for this, uh, okay, what I say, sorry. So you need norm-resolvent convergence, while the classical results are obtained for the uh, strong resolvent convergence. So what is a strong resolvent convergence, more or less? This is a convergence of the uh, resolvent type equation. So for example, if you study the Laplacian with the Dirichlet Laplacian, so you want to study the equation, the Poisson equation, uh, La, uh, Laplace U is equal to F. And now you start it in this equation, for example, in some domain with this holes, for example, that we discussed. And you want to prove that for an arbitrary F, uh, the sequence of uh, your solutions converge to the solutions uh, of some homogeneous equation with the same right-hand side F. This will mean the on the uh, on the language of operator theory, this means a strong resolvent convergence. But this is not enough to establish the convergence of spectrum. Convergence of spectrum uh, will be uh, guaranteed if we establish the norm resolvent convergence. So say the convergence which is uniform with respect to the right-hand side. And this is quite complicated task. And actually, this is not all. Uh, 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 we, we have to not only to establish the non-resolvent convergence, but also we have to establish the rate of this convergence. And this is a very complicated task. So to my knowledge, uh, this, is done, this was done only for, say, very classical problem in homogenization. For example, if you have uh, differential operators, elliptic differential, uh, software joint differential operators, where written in divergence form, and uh, the coefficient staying between the divergence of the and gradient, it depends on the parameter epsilon, and actually it has the form, say, some function of x, x is your spatial special variable, over epsilon here. Yeah? So you, once again, you take some fixed uh, periodic function with a fixed uh, period, and then you rescale it. So you get a function of the form f over of x over epsilon. This is, a, say, one of the first problems in the homogenization theory, which you can find in all lecture notes. And for this problem, the non-resolving convergence is established, and I think also the rate of convergence are also known. This is, this is a lot of papers by Birman and Suslina where you can find this. But unfortunately, for in other problems, in particular the problems that I studied, at the moment, there are no results, so maybe it, it will appear later in the future. Why is it so? So the main difficulty is because the problem actually uh, involves several scales. What I mean several scales, I mean, okay, if we come back to this problem with holes that we already discussed, you have several scales. You have a scale, epsilon, which measures the, period, uh, the size of your period cell, and you have uh, the small parameters that measure the radius of these holes. And actually, uh, there are some dependence between them, of course, that, but actually, but, but, but in fact, you have two scales, so this epsilon and this, this radius. Uh, in my problems, I actually have the same and even sometimes more complicated situation when you have 
several geometrical scales and also the coefficient may depend on these parameters. And for such problems, it's always difficult to establish the resultant conversion. So to my knowledge, in the homogenization, in the classical homogenization theory, for the moment, there are almost no results, maybe even not almost, but completely no results. On the other hand, it's not so bad because uh, despite, uh, because besides homogenization theory, we can use another method. Without more, we can come back to our, say, old uh, traditional, uh, traditional approach yes. to use the Flocker block theory that allow that reduce uh, our problem to the eigenvalue problems on the smallest period cell. And okay, and then on the period cell, we have a sequence of some operators with compact resolvents. And this is not, uh, and this is already much simpler than this homogenization problem. So there is more hope that we can establish the non resolvent convergence and also estimate the rate of this convergence. For example, uh, besides this elliptic operators like, um, like for example, Laplacian and so on, I also study the operators on metric graphs. And for this operators, I use exactly this traditional method because for the graph, the homogenization is quite complicated. And with this traditional methods, you can establish uh, you can establish uh, this non-resolving convergence and also give some estimates for the rate of this convergence, which gives you estimates for the rate of convergence of eigenvalues, which is good. So. Mm. So you gave some hints that um, these kinds of results can also help to understand how to create good waveguides. Uh, what kind of um, connection is there between um, these homogeneous, uh, <laughs> these um, periodic uh, domains and waveguides? Okay, so uh, actually, besides, uh, so first of all, uh, besides... Um, so what I studied, I presented the results for the uh, differential operators uh, post, say, on the entire space, and so they are periodic in all directions. Mm -hmm. But of course, we can restrict uh, the problem to the domain with the waveguide geometry, which means that this domain is bounded, okay, for example, uh, in all direction, and except one, and in and with respect to this one uh, special direction, it is unbounded. Okay, so you can think about some strips or unbounded cylinders or something in this spirit. So periodic waveguide is, okay, you can think about the strip with periodically changing cross-section. And actually you can pose the same time problem, so to construct a periodic waveguides uh, such that uh, the okay. If you put some differential operators on this waveguide, this operation uh, differential operators uh, will have gaps. Okay, uh, I did not present any result for this, uh, but nevertheless, some, I have some say result that are now in the stage of preparation uh, related to this. So one of the idea how to create such a waveguide is as follows. So for example, okay. So first of all. If you have a straight waveguide, when I mean straight, I mean, for example, straight strip with a constant cross-section, and uh, you consider, for example, some differential operators with constant coefficients, for simplicity, say Laplacian. 
with, with some boundary conditions, for example, Neumann, the conditions on the boundary. Okay, the spectrum of these operators has no gaps, so it's just a positive semi-axis. And the idea, okay, so there's a lot of ideas how to create gaps. I discussed some of them through the, uh, the talks. For example, you can make again these holes, small holes, and this is one of the ideas. And actually, there was a lot of papers by Sergei Nazarov related uh, concerning this question. Uh, now, my idea uh, of creation the gaps is as follows. Let us pick up uh, the boundary of this waveguide by attaching a family uh, of a small identical uh, domains having the so-called Roman passage geometry. So what is a Roman passage geometry? This is, by the way, quite old object. You can find such domains analyzed already in the book of Courant and Hilbert, classical book of Courant and Hilbert. So the Roman passage, actually, it's a domain consisting of two parts, as you guess, a Roman passage. So room, it's, uh, for example, you can take a square, and uh, the passage is a narrow, uh, narrow rectangle, kind of bridge, that connects this passage with our domain. Okay, in our case, our domain is a waveguide, straight waveguide. Okay, so we consider such a, a room and passage domains attached periodically to our vague, right? And one can prove, and this is actually the paper that I'm now preparing for publication, that if the sizes of these attached rooms and passages are appropriately scaled, then you will get a very nice uh, picture for the spectrum. Actually, you will have these gaps, and the, moreover, you can uh, control somehow the location of these gaps why a suitable choice for the sizes of these rooms and for the sizes of these passages. Uh, another idea, uh, okay, maybe not related too much to the waveguides, um, but maybe to related to the question uh, how to uh, produce the uh, localized modes. What I mean? So suppose, actually, the creation of periodic media with gaps, this is the first step. Okay. Suppose now we create them so we have a gaps in the spectrum. The second task, which is interesting, again, for physicists and engineers, is it possible to deform, say, to perturb our periodic media in such a way that uh, inside these gaps, there will be uh, there uh, occurs uh, there occur an eigenvalues, additional eigenvalues. So, which means actually that we have some localized waves with the frequencies uh, of lying inside the spectral gaps. And uh, the ideas that I uh, pro uh, that I described that I proposed during my talk could be also used. Uh, for this goal. So in my talk, uh, I consider the media which are, uh, okay, despite I consider quite different operators, nevertheless, there was one idea that used in all of them. This is a so-called media with traps. Uh, more, so more or less, what is a trap? This is some subset of a media which is surrounded by something which I called isolator, this isolator have very uh, bad conductivity properties, which means that this trap 
is in some sense isolated from the last uh, from the rest part of the media. So connect there is some connection, but very very bad. And my media actually. Uh, in my, uh, I consider the case when these traps are periodically distributed in the media. Uh, this will give us the desired results. I mean, the gaps and and all this stuff. Now, these traps, which is very good, they can be used uh, to also to constructing uh, for construction of these localized modes. I mean, if you now have some uh, uh, given fixed periodic media, and you know that. Uh, this media has uh, spectral uh, gaps, uh, then you can embed one or s- say finitely many of these traps. They will not change the essential spectrum, though the spectral bands will be on the same position. But if the sizes of these traps are suitably scaled, you will, give, you will get an additional eigenvalues in the spectrum, uh, So, which is... So it gives you more freedom to create interesting waveguides. Yeah, and actually, I think if we then uh, arrange this, uh, if we, we take our periodic media and then arrange these traps along some curve or at least along some line, then we will get something like a waveguide. I mean, the waves uh, that we uh, that will propagate along this line. Uh, but not in the perpendicular direction, so they will decay in the perpendicular direction. I believe that it could be approved. So you just keep them kind of con- um, located in the middle of the wavelength, the uh, waveguides not just being um, reflected on the boundaries? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Something like this. Yes. Um, it's kind of an interesting question to me, uh, and at which point in your... Um, becoming a mathematician where you intrigued by learning more about homogenization techniques okay so um, actually I start to work on uh, the homogenization problems starting from my bachelor thesis so actually let me say that I'm originally from Ukraine I was born in Ukraine and spent the most of my life there particular, I finished my uh, with the university here. My uh, hometown is the Kharkiv. This is the second largest country in Ukraine, which mathematicians could know because there was a lot of prominent mathematicians working there, for example, before the revolution. It was, for example, Lapunov. Uh, but after there was uh, for example, Ahiezer, uh, Pogarelov, Marchenka, and a lot of other people. And uh, my supervisor, uh, Professor Yuken Hruslov, is uh, the well-known expert in this homogenization, in particular homogenization in domains with complicated geometry. He proposed me a topic, so-called homogenization on Riemannian manifolds. Okay, so what is what is what does it mean? Homogenization on Riemannian manifolds. Uh, this is the following problem. So suppose you have some Riemannian manifolds, which is fixed, say sphere kind of this, and then you make it complicated in the following way. For example, you add, uh, you you become to add to, to attach to this manifolds some additional small surfaces. 
For example, you can attach, for example, additional handles. Yeah, so you have a sphere, and then you attach one handle, second handle, third handle, and the number of these handles depend on some parameter. When this parameter goes to zero, the the number of these handles goes to infinity. On the other hand, of course, their thickness goes to zero. And so we start. And here, actually, my thesis was devoted in particular to the problem studying the spectral properties of the Laplace Bittrami operator on such manifolds when this parameter goes to zero. So the, uh, the result that the influence of this handles or another manifold that we attach can be in the limit, this influence is substituted by, by, ch uh, by changing of differential operators. So we studied from the Laplace Bittrami operator, but in the limit we get a more involved operator now on, only on our sphere. Mm -hmm. But this more involved operator may have quite different property, different, the properties that are quite different from the pre-limit operators. For example, if to, uh, uh, to, uh, tra uh, to uh, how to say, to interpret this result on the uh, language of evolutional equations, so suppose we study from the heat equation on such a manifold, then in the limit we will get the, uh, the equation uh, evolutional equation, uh, for example, with terms that are non-local in space uh, or in time. Yeah, uh, for example, uh, in in time, which means that the system has some memory, to, some memory inside. Uh, okay, so such kind of effects I studied, and and naturally, of course, after my PhD, I you know, I was thinking about some new topics that where I can use my knowledge, but maybe something something else and and then I become to uh, to study these problems for photonic crystals but also I, I have a results also for the Romanian manifolds so I did not forget about mm -hmm. the problems uh, that were in the early beginning So if you changed um, not just the university but also the country in which the university is uh, do you feel um, very different culture how we are doing mathematics together in Germany and at home in Ukraine? Yeah, of course, uh, many things are different uh, in culture as well, in particular since Ukrainian, Ukraine are influenced uh, by uh, uh, Soviet past. And even uh, despite of 20 years after, you, you can... Uh, so you can feel this influence. Sometimes this is not bad. So sometimes I cannot say that there is, everything is bad. I just wanted to underline that there are kind of different, uh, different way of studying mathematics, I would say. So the people here are more, um, more able to collaborate. Uh, more, uh, they present results much better, and of course, in Ukraine, at, at least, of course, uh, it's now, and it, uh, of course, it was in the Soviet part. Uh, the community is more isolated, so there are not so many people who communicate with colleagues uh, from other countries, and which means that a lot of people are, say, they somehow cooked in their own area and uh, they, 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 they do not look what's going on around. Um, on the other hand, Ukraine has uh, 
uh, a lot of quite strong mathematical schools that still alive despite of economical uh, and political problems and still uh, <laughs> how to say they produce <laughs> the school produce uh, quite good mathematician whom you can find in a lot of uh, uh, places in Europe and the United States in particular uh, for example now Uh, there is uh, in the faculty there are two people from Ukraine and there were also two PhD students uh, that uh, defended their thesis just one of them this year and the other a uh, year ago so okay so I mean Ukraine also have something that Uh, also can make some impact to yes. uh, to, to German uh, you have something uh, to, 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 to German science yes. yeah. but of course the style is quite different I would say and also I would say so yes, how to say uh, yeah more so there are people uh, here people are We're able to like and they can to work in big groups so to to work together in ukraine and think it's it's not only in ukraine but also it's maybe the uh more soviet style of uh in mathematics so the same i think as in the russian that mathematician works more alone i would say or at least in pairs but not in the large groups it's more characteristic feature of physicists but not mathematicians in Ukraine so this is a difference that they feel here mm -hmm. and you will stay here for a while so you see a future in Germany uh, yes yes so I'm already here for years mm -hmm. almost four years yeah. and yeah, uh, it's, it's just because uh, with after four years you have a more clear picture of what's possible and what do you like and what you don't like about working here and so I was asking Uh, what kind of consequences do you um, take for yourself? Okay, uh, first of all, uh, I, uh, uh, if I will get, uh, I will have some possibilities to uh, to extend uh, my uh, start, uh, my research, and actually my position in Germany, not necessarily in Karlsruhe. I will definitely t uh, take this opportunity because, uh, so say, uh, I like Germany and actually uh, it will be, uh, I, will, I will be glad to, to continue my uh, research here. Uh, and also, uh, since I have some kind of serious results uh, that already... Uh, It's not a shame <laughs> to present for the public. Uh, I would like to summarize them as, uh, to write in the habilitation thesis. Mm -hmm. So this is what I'm going to do in the future. Uh, but uh, uh, maybe let me keep silent for the moment what I'm going to do because at the moment, uh, in the future, because that for the moment it's very unclear. As I think for every young people who is in the stage of their career, we are always uh, in the 
the, the, the main question how to uh, how uh, where to find the position how to present further what the, what the way is better and so on of course every one of us also have their private life so we uh, and our relatives so we we'll always think how to organize this scientific life and this private life in such a way that get some say optimal structure yes but thank you very much that you took the time to speak so in many details about your interesting research. Thank you too. 